Welcome back, everyone. Jay Bone here for Smash This Podcast. Oh, what a loaded night. What a loaded night. We had some AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest night one. And then we quick flipped over to AAW Pro out of Chicago for their weekly live series, Fallout from United We Stand. I think I'm going to cover that tomorrow, possibly in the AM. Getting a few people in here now. It's nice to see. I know it's a little later than usual. Had to multitask, though. Had to multitask. Violet, Hakeem, what's up? Um, Bit of a funky mood tonight. Not going to lie. Found out right before AEW Dynamite went on the air tonight that a guitarist from one of my favorite bands passed away, Mr. Jeff Labar of the classic band Cinderella has passed away. Uh, no other information. He was in his fifties. Very sad to hear that. Uh, so there will be a jacked up jukebox coming soon on a tribute to him. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to just roll everything into one night here because he deserves more than that. Um, a Violet here asking, does AAW do replays? No, not on the Twitch. Not on the Twitch because of, um, well, they've got their own uh, website their own on-demand website that they do stuff. I think you can also catch their stuff on high spots, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, so yeah, um, if you're not, like, I try to catch these live. You can always catch the replay or, you know, rent the replays for a few bucks if you don't want to pay for the month but i think their monthly subscription is about the same price as the impact one like seven bucks or something like that something like that i'll have to look into it because i think i'm gonna <clears throat> i think i'm gonna be doing that soon um yeah, they, it came. It literally came on right after AEW was done, but I, and I didn't start AEW at its starting time. I started it like a half an hour late because I was looking up stuff on Jeff Labar, making sure it was confirmed and all that stuff. Um, sadly, confirming his death from his family's posts on social media. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was like, what did you say, like two two and a half hours. <laughs> the AAW show was very short. It was like, it was like an hour's worth of stuff crammed into a half hour. It's wild. <clears throat> so, um, <clears throat> 
uh violet uh go to aaw pros uh website and i think all the information's on there as far as uh finding their on-demand stuff um or if you're already subbed to high spots, it should be on there because different people are subbed to different things. <clears throat> but yeah, just go to their website and all the info should be on there. I have to look up, look it up because I'm I'm new to their stuff too. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um. <clears throat> Oh, Hakeem asking a question here. J-Bone, will you ever do a throwback video on your channel from a previous Slammiversary in the near future? Um, yeah, I've, I've been so... I know I was on doing throwbacks on a really regular basis. I haven't had time for them lately between my stuff and covering TNI <clears throat> and trying to do the extra it's not like we're doing a thousand extra shows for the patreon but you know it, we do have to schedule it and it does take time um so uh do, do i plan to get back to to doing some some other throwbacks in the future yes when i couldn't tell you you know i my schedule like i said i used to have a really strict schedule <clears throat> and now just because of a thousand different things, household, personal, everything, uh, my schedule's been all over the place. So I've been doing my best to stay regular, uh, you know. So, so all right. Before we jump into this uh, Fighter Fest Night One review, you know what to do, folks. You smash that like button, smash that sub button from wherever you're watching. Ring that bell for notifications. <clears throat> so that you know when my content hits your screen. Bunch of different ways to help support the show. If you're on audio, there's a support button on anchor.fm. That's one I don't talk about very much. But thank you for everyone who does tune in on audio. You can head over to buymeacoffee.com. That link is in the description of the video tip one of your favorite podcasts uh there is a merch link in the description as well and my wife was wearing her shirt earlier today those pics will be up soon but beware she's very camera shy but what's great is about her shirt is she wanted <clears throat> to get it uh personalized so on the back of her shirt, which the pictures will be up later, it says uh, Hubby's Podcast. So she's a tremendous supporter of what I do. I love her so much. Look at that, Violet. Subbed for seven months. Amazing. Thank you so much, Violet. Much appreciated. Bell's Boys in here. Polar. Terrence Sullivan. What is up? Got a bunch of our regulars in here. Tremendous to see. Tremendous. Um, what am I forgetting? All the socials, the face botch, the Instanec, and the Twitter box. All those socials are in the description as well. I feel like I'm still forgetting something. Uh, 
looking at my own description because I copy and paste it all the time. That's it. We got the hashtags in there. I don't talk about the Twitch channel, but the Twitch channel is there, and we've had some very regular Twitch channel supporters, and for that, I, I thank you very much. But, yeah, if you're watching on the Twitch, hit that follow. You can sub. You can gift subs. You can share bits. You can do all that lovely stuff. <clears throat> it's all appreciated. And also new on YouTube because I did hit a 1,000 subs. There is a section in the chat, down below the chat, where you can tip there as well. I'm, this is all brand new because it's been between three to four years since I've been uh, monetized again. So all the new little perks are popping up. So I'm, I'm getting used to that, trying to put them out there to let you guys know there are several different ways to help support the show. It's truly appreciated. And share with your friends as well. I see I got some uh, some regular people sharing the show on a regular basis. You guys, you guys don't know how much that is appreciated. Much love. Much love, everyone who's doing that. Um, all right. I believe that's I believe that's all the plugs. Is that all the plugs? That's all the plugs. AEW July 14th, 2021, AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night One is in the books. Let's talk about it, shall we? Um, number one thing for this uh season three, episode 28 episode. Oh my god, the crowd was hot, so hot. This they call this one a sellout. I don't know how many ticket holders there were. I don't know how many like seats they were, you know, like if, if it was like the whole bottom bowl, if the whole building was full, it was hard to tell on, on screen, but no matter what this, the, the crowd for certain segments, absolutely deafening. And that just makes, no matter what you thought of the show, man, that crowd makes it feel that much bigger. Like, no matter who is out there, even for the, I know I'm skipping ahead here, um, the wheeler Yuta sammy Guevara match, that was like five minutes. <clears throat> man, it was, it was, it basically sounded like a hometown or yeah, hometown, homecoming, whatever you call it, uh, for Sammy Guevara, because he's from Texas. Texas loves them some Sammy Guevara and uh, loved his match against Wheeler Yuta, and that crowd brought it every second. It was just amazing. Um, this episode started out hot. You had John Moxley coming in through the crowd. And there is just, I mean, it was one thing, and not knocking Daly's place. It, it certainly isn't a knock on the crowd or how they did things in Daly's place. He always came in through that like one sidewall entrance door 
or exit or whatever, <clears throat> you know, and then came down the side steps and then, you know, made his way through the bottom level to the ring. But there is something so organically awesome. I don't care how long he's been doing it. It, it feels like almost 10 years now he's been doing that now. Since, what, 2013 when he was with the Shield? I know it's like, you know, we don't talk about the E. I'm just talking about the experience of having a group like that coming through the crowd is so badass, and he's still doing it, and it doesn't get old. There's something about it. <clears throat> and it just the crowd just lit up. John Moxley defending his IWGP US title versus Carl Anderson, one half of the Good Brothers, flanked by Gallows. And um, <clears throat> you know, this one, I wasn't, I I really was not a hundred percent sure that Mox was gonna keep this one. I wasn't. I felt like because of all the shenanigans from the elite, Don Callis, that whole crew, the odds were really, really against John Moxley. And that's not to say that John Moxley doesn't have friends, because he does. And oh, let me tell you, Eddie Kingston, Eddie mother effing Kingston showed up wielding a pipe of all things took out Gallows, chased him away in such violent fashion. Oh, my God. And that just, you know, that evened the odds and kept things just between Mox and Carl Anderson. And these two just clobbered the hell out of each other. I don't know if it was like a 10, 15-minute match, what it was. Um, it was at least it was at least 10 minutes. Uh, it was it was amazing. It was great. I love this one. It, it, Carl Anderson brought it. You know, they even and they even mentioned, I think, in the early parts of the match or during the entrance or something that he was uh, you know. He was in the, the G1 back almost 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, man. It, it never gets old. And, uh, yeah, hell of a match between Box uh, and Carl Anderson. Box does come off with a win here, takes him out with the paradigm shift. One, two, three, successfully defends his IWGP U.S. title. Um, looking forward to him defending this sooner rather than later. We find out later in the episode. I know I'm skipping ahead here. But Lance Archer lays out the challenge. Says he never got his Remax or his, excuse me, his rematch, take two, 
rematch. And he wants death match number two. And he wants it against Mox for that IWGP title. So we are getting that one week from tonight. Fighter Fest Night 2. Here I'm thinking, okay, they're going to give Mox a bit of a break. Maybe, you know, all out. Great place to do it. Why not? Nope. No holds barred next week. Can't wait. Deathmatch. Oh my God. Um, I'd like to, you know, you know, I always say never assume. I'd like to assume that they uh that they already okayed this for next week. I'm hoping they do. I'm just quick looking at the old uh, Twitter box here. It's all highlights of uh, the uh, the main event. Yeah, I don't see it. Well, Mox basically accepts the challenge. So I'm assuming it is going to be set for next week. All right. Long day, Polar. <laughs> Remax. <laughs> I don't know what the hell my... No, no beers. No beers. We just got water going on today. Got to slow down on the beers. My gastritis uh, was uh, arguing with me the other night. Really bad. Um, hey, and when you, you get to be my age... You got to listen to your body. You really don't have a choice. All right. Um, so, yeah, Lance Archer challenges Mox. Mox later accepts. So we are going to have him putting his IWGP U.S. title on the line in a death match. My God. Uh, Andrade out there with, uh, I believe it was... Uh, I, I'm, 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 the name is escaping me. I'll have to, um, the guy he comes out with, uh, with, with Pentagon and all those guys. But what's interesting here is that same guy now coming out here with Andrade and Andrade tells him, um, it's Abrahentes or something like that. I'm probably botching that. My apologies. But Andrade says he is looking for the death triangle. And there was a collective, oh, over the crowd. You could hear. So I don't know who he's going to be looking for first. Obviously, it cannot, unfortunately, Unfortunately, it cannot be Phoenix. Phoenix is out of action for a while. Alex Abrahentes. Thank you, Bells Boy. Appreciate that. Yes, the Spanish announcer. 
So I don't know if he's going to be like a go-between between the two, or you know, is he going to stay neutral? I don't know. I don't want to overthink this because he hasn't been like a main, you know, figure manager. I, I don't want to say valet. That'd be rude. Uh, <laughs> um. So yeah. So let me know, you know, let me know in the chat. Obviously, the choices here are Pac and Pentagon Jr. So let me know in the chat. Who do you, I mean, I, I pick both, you know, because I'm I'm a greedy old fart. I want I want both. But <laughs> who do you want to see? Just pick one. Who do you want to see? Uh Andrade El Idolo go against from the death triangle. Do you want to see him versus Pac or Pentagon? Pac or Pentagon? Choose one. Let me know in the in the chat. Uh, let's see. What is next here? Oh, love this one. Boy, to, I mean, to talk about a hot crowd. Absolutely wild crowd for this one. And very interesting. You never know what the crowd's going to do. And shocked me. Absolutely shocked me here. So like, I don't know where Ricky Starks is from. I do not know. You know what? Let's, let's look this up real quick. Does it say on the old Twitter box? Oh, he's from the Dream Palace. Well, thank you, Ricky. That doesn't help. That does not help. Does he actually? Does he? When he's announced, does he? Do they actually say Ricky Starks, hailing from the Dream Palace? Because that's pretty freaking hilarious. Um. Oh, Charles, thank you. Uh, Ricky Starks came up in the Texas Indies. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. If they know him and if they're familiar with him. Bell's Boy says New Orleans. Joey Z says Louisiana. Okay, so he's all over the South. Okay. Makes sense then. Absolutely makes sense. Brian Cage is from... Out west. Um, so Ricky Starks is facing Brian Cage for the FTW title. Taz is on commentary. Crowd is insanely hot for the one Ricky Starks, the absolute. Ricky Starks. Yeah, Brian's from Cali. Um, yeah, Sammy being from Sammy Guevara being from Texas, they love him. Yeah. Jeff says, give me Pac versus CN Almas. All right. All right. I know there was a Choice just a little bit ago. 
Charles says Penta. Violet says Penta. Okay. All right. So Peck. So Penta's got the vote so far, as far as what I'm seeing. But yeah, let me know. Um, yeah, and let me know what you thought of this match, too, because this this was wild. I did not see. I mean, this is this was a little bit odd, too. And I don't mean in a super negative way. I'm not shitting on this match. It's just because AAW hasn't really had a lot of focus on the FTW title. It's been more about the turmoil inside the stable, you know? And, uh, you know, they had the big thing against uh, Sting and Darby when Sting first came in. And that was tremendous. That was great. I loved that. The cinematic match was really well done. And, um, yes, Charles, first in, uh, first match back from uh, from injury. Yeah, and I never heard exactly what it was. I don't know. I, I don't think he had surgery, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, Brian went right after the neck. Crazy. And uh, Stark sold it too. I was like, oh God, this is going going to end quick. I seriously thought Brian Cage, I mean, I wasn't hoping for a squash match, but I really thought given Ricky's situation first coming back, I thought, you know, he's going to dump Ricky on his head, you know, not on his head, but on his head, you know, driver, boom, done. And, you know, shove it up all their asses. And, uh, but no, I was, I was a little surprised here. Hobbs and uh, Hook helped uh, Ricky Starks win after a hell of a match. Uh, the ref is distracted, and Hobbs hits Cage with the title. And Starks hits uh, Cage then with a spear and pins him. One, two, three. And Ricky Starks is your new. FTW title and all four including Taz celebrate with Ricky as they're leaving and going up the ramp and they leave Brian Cage in the ring so very interesting this really this has really hit a peak here this has been a very slow going and I understand why you know, some of these things have dragged out a little bit. They want to, they want to do this in front of fans, so it's completely understandable. You know, uh, congrats to Ricky. You know, I mean, I, I love Ricky Stocks. I loved him since uh, I became a fan of his when he uh, first debuted in NWA. Insanely impressed by him. Very impressed. Um, <laughs> Starks had to get his shit in. <laughs> yeah, very good match. Uh, you know, obviously outnumbered by Taz's crew there. And uh, so it looks like Brian Cage is not part of Taz's crew anymore. Team Taz, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Ricky Starks, your new 
FTW champ. So I and look, this ain't a, this ain't gonna be over. This ain't gonna be over. I think this is really gonna help launch Ricky Starks and Brian Cage at the same time. Because this certainly, um, it's it's just it's just gonna feel different in front of fans. It's gonna feel bigger. You know, not that Daly's place full towards the end there wasn't great. But when you're going from city to city, each week feels organic and fresh and new. Do you know what I mean? Um, it just, just got that. Uh... Oh, I mean, we're going to steal this from another company. It hits different. So. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Bell's boy. Here was some trivia. First FTW title change since Taz let Sabu pin him in 1999. I suppose... Putting the title on Brian Cage doesn't count because that's just a hand. I want to say hand me down, hand, hand off, pass, whatever. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> Not going to overthink it, but that's interesting. Thank you, Bell's Boy, for that uh, bit of trivia. Thank you. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, great match though. Love this one. And, and Ricky Starks really did, did look like a star out there. He really did. I, and I love Brian Cage too, but I've been a fan of his for years now. Five, six years now since his, uh, starting out in, uh, Lucha Underground on TV. Crazy. Uh, Cody Rhodes comes out as, uh, the, uh, commentary team is, uh, just, you know, talking amongst themselves to the camera, of course. But, you know, between segments, they're interrupted by Cody, grabs a headset, and he starts, you know, yelling into the camera. And he's like, no, you know what? Give me a mic. He takes the headset off, grabs a mic, starts walking down the ramp, and the crowd is eating this up. It's this this the crowd is just they they needed this so bad. I mean Texas Texas came out tonight. They really did, you know, and it's just it just felt great. Felt great. Um <laughs> oh man. Zach Bonifer with a zinger here. Hope they don't launch Cage too much. He might get injured. <laughs> ah, what a three-pointer there. Um, but yeah, Cody Rhodes on the mic, coming down the ramp, and he is hot. He is, he is just screaming the hair off the top of his head, hot. Turning red, hot. Yelling, I should say, addressing the one Malachi Black, formerly known as Alistair Black, formerly known as Tommy End, 
I'm digging his whole new persona. It's very similar to his last one. It's basically a carryover from what I can tell. But I know a lot of my audience doesn't even watch WWE. And personally, I haven't watched it a lot. I mean, I still know. Like, I hear things. I'm not stupid. I, I know what's going on. Because you see it everywhere. Okay? I'm not stupid. I still know what's going on. But basically, this sounds very similar to what WWE was doing and then just dropped them, you know? So um, so if you want to know, this is very similar. But obviously, they're, they're giving him some, uh, you know, some freedom here. So, and it's, it's, it's turned up. It's turned up to 10 here. And it's well done. It's very well done. You know, you got that little bit of makeup on him. You got the contact in to give him like a half dead look. And uh, and I, I'm I'm waiting for I'm waiting for someone to say this. So I'm just gonna say this. And this isn't me, okay? Let me say this. This is not me. But I'm surprised there aren't people out there saying, "Oh, he's ripping off Darby Allen with the with the thing." Nice. So I'm 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 jinxing it, hope, hoping that it's not going to get started out there in the universe. So I'm cutting it off right there. I'm cutting the head off the. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Cody Rhodes is hot. He's like, how dare you kick a sixty? What is he? Sixty two, three, whatever. 60-some-odd-year-old man in the head. It's like, where's the respect? Where's the honor in that? It's, and he's just screaming mad, turning red. So he, he calls him out. And he appears on the screen. And he starts telling this parable. The story, uh, you know, it's escaping me. I don't remember exactly how his story went. But when he was done with the story, Cody was like, you know, enough of that. Get down here. And Alistair, uh, see, that's that one's going to take a while to get used to. I just said Alistair. It's not Alistair Black anymore. It's Malachi. Malachi Black. It's like, uh, you know, be careful what for what you wish for. Lights out. Five count later, lights up, Malachi Black is there, and they start brawling. And the crowd is just <sighs> screaming. They love it. They absolutely love it. Bell's Boy says, Arn is 62. Thank you. Violet says, I heard that he wanted to do more with the character, but they dropped the ball. Yes, of course, like so many times like countless number of times. Um, he had a good interview. I listened to part of it with um, Renee, uh, Mrs. Moxley, if you will. I forget what the name of her show is, but I'm, I'm sub to it. And also, I believe he had an interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet. Man, Chris Van Vliet is on a roll. I can't even catch up with him. He's dropping so many now. It's crazy. He is absolutely on a roll. His one of his latest one, um, Buddy Murphy. I'm gonna check that one out soon. He's also got one with Kalisto coming out soon. That'll be interesting. 
See, I'll be able to watch that interview, but if he puts it on his, if Kalisto puts it on his Twitter, I won't be able to see it because I'm still blocked. Anyways. Ah, uh, whatever. It's I'm over it. <laughs> I was mad for like a hot second, but whatever. Talented guy. Very talented guy. Alex Marvez. I feel like Alex Marvez is going to start getting like the Scott Hudson treatment on this podcast. And I'll have to like have a, a noise or a bell like Trent does from TNI. I don't know, maybe. Uh, Alex Marvez is talking to Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard looks like he's leaving, but Santana and Ortiz stop him. And they look like they're going to start roughing him up. But then they're like, no, see, we respect our elders. And they just kind of leave him sitting on the floor. So yeah, this is this is absolutely heating up between Santana Ortiz and FTR. It's and it's really great to see. It really is because it still feels like the feud between um, you know the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle, but. It's uh, it doesn't feel like that five on five anymore. It's kind of branching out. It feels more. I don't know what word I'm looking for. I was gonna say organic. Organic is not the word I'm looking for. Because they don't want to overdo that feud too much. Because if you keep on sticking five people out there versus five people, that's gonna feel old. If you keep it more focused to individuals in there it has uh much more of a long lasting whatever i don't know that's <laughs> or <laughs> bell's boy <laughs> oral not sex sessions in the <laughs> it's the name of renee beckett's podcast yes oral sessions Oh, man. So, yeah, that is absolutely heating up. I don't know when they're going to get a, a match, but um, I'm sure it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Uh, Tony Schiavone, back in the ring, brings out Hangman Adam Page, and Adam Page is... Uh, He's sold on this now. He's uh he's accepting the <laughs> the uh, uh the dark orders uh, challenge. <laughs> well, they brought it up. He wasn't down with it, and they pretty much talked him into it. You know, they have lovingly motivated him into this. So he comes out. He's talking to Tony. He says, "I need." that title and right before he's he's just in the process of accepting the challenge and Don Callis cuts him off cuts him off and um Callis is flanked by the rest of the elite the good brothers the young bucks oh wait the good brothers minus one Carl 
Anderson and had his ass handed to him by Moxley. So one half of the Good Brothers, Gallows, the Young Bucks, and of course, Kenny Omega. And notice he's only carrying the one belt now. So I don't know if that is saying something about what's happening this Saturday. To me, it does. To me, it speaks volumes. It really does. But that's me. So Callus comes out, and then uh, Matt Jackson gets on there, and he's nose-to-nose basically with Adam Page, and they're going back and forth, and Matt Jackson's just ripping him a new one, beating him, beating him down with this promo. And uh, then just when it looks like uh, things are uh, about to get heated, they do. Uh, Adam Page decks Matt Jackson. Looks like he's starting to take out the elite one by one by one. And he's just about to get attacked by Kenny Omega from behind. And the Dark Order helps even the odds. They chase the rest of them off. So now, and then after some more banter between the two, it looks like uh, they're going to do a five-on-five. And if... Let me see if I got this correctly. They're going to do a five-on-five elite versus Dark Order with uh, Hangman Adam Page. Elimination style, I believe they said. And if Page and Dark Order win, Page will have officially earned, he will have officially earned a title shot, and the Dark Order will also get a shot at the Young Bucks, which I it just thinking ahead here, uh, little fantasy booking. I don't do this much, but I think it should be Evil Uno and Stu Grayson because those two are so underrated, and those two have such an amazing feud, past feud, with um, the Young Bucks. And... But if if Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page lose, then everybody loses their title shots. So, there you go. <laughs> These matches get too confusing. Well, hopefully I helped you with that. Uh, <laughs> so expect the five-on-five five to happen sooner rather than later. I don't know if it's going to happen next week at Fighter Fest or if it's going to happen at the week after that and fight, what was that, fight of the the fallen, fight, fight, fallen, whatever, the week after, <laughs> one of those. So, uh, yeah, I'm loving this. They're really building this now. It's got a big match feel to it. Kenny is running for the hills. You know, and here I thought this was going to be like the summer of Kenny Omega. And now it's starting to feel like one by one, Kenny's going to start losing all these titles. 
But I gotta say, don't no matter you know, given the situation this past year, there has been a top guy, one of the best in wrestling today, holding all those championships, the AAA uh, Mega Championship, Impact World Championship, and AEW. So, props to him. And, of course, Don Callis for, uh, you know, helping work all that. Uh, maybe not the AAA side of things, but still interesting. Charles says, Kenny and Hangman is already the best feud in wrestling right now, bar none. It certainly is one of the better ones. I, I like that because it's, like I said, it's it's been one that's been brewing for a long time but they haven't shoved it in your face. It's been quiet. It's been one of those ones that's like, okay, we're going to let this settle back here. We're going to keep it quiet. We're not going to give it any attention. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're going to rise it up from the ashes. Sorry, Manny. Didn't mean to gesture at you. And thank you for covering up, covering up, by the way. Didn't want you, didn't want Manny Bones exposing any, you know, bones of his own. He's got the title wrapped around him. It's perfect. Eerily similar to one Shawn Michaels. No, not quite. Anyways. Bell's boy. Fight for the fallen. J-Bone, you need a hug. Thank you. Yes, I need a hug. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm just being silly. Uh, Violet says these matches get too confusing. <laughs> uh, all right. What's next here? We are halfway through the show. All right. Marvez with Chris Jericho talking about the uh, these different stages that Chris Jericho has to, the different hoops, if you will that Chris Jericho has to jump through in order to get to MJF. Well, he found that out very quickly, unfortunately, who his first opponent is going to be next. I believe it's next week. He's going to face the chairman himself, Sean Spears. The stipulation is Sean Spears is allowed to wield a chair. Chris Jericho is not. So, Chris Jericho must beat him next week. That's step one. Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage, 23 years in the making. That's how long these two have been feuding on and off. That is wild. Crazy. Um, now, I, I think they said something to the effect of Christian Cage never defeated Matt Hardy in a singles match? It, it, did I hear that wrong, or it, did they actually say that? If someone in the chat would help me out with that, I appreciate it. Um, that was shocking, though, given like how long they've been f fighting each other, either you know singles competition or uh, in tag competition. You know, I I don't know. 
but it's uh, you know, one of the oldest old school rivalries still out there today. And it's st- they can both still go, and they proved it here. You know, nothing that insanely big and flashing, but they told a story in the ring and outside of the ring, of course. Um, Violet says, yes, thank you. Um, but I love this. This was great. Uh, not a super long match, but, uh, they did tell a decent story here and, uh, Christian cage is still undefeated in all elite wrestling. He beat Matt Hardy with the kill switch. And just as he was about to get jumped by private party, the Jurassic Express came out and evened the odds, helping out Christian, backing him up. So, um, Bill's voice is, uh, yeah, Cage has, has beaten Matt Hardy in tag matches, but not in singles. Amazing. It is something. It really is. Wow. You know, and do I think that uh, we're ever going to see like Edging Christian versus the Hardy Boys again? I don't know. You know, that's really hard to say. You know, I have no clue what's up with... um, Edge's contract. I have no clue what's up with Jeff Hardy's contract. You know, it all depends on what they want. You know, the fans could want something, but if they're comfortable where they're at, earning a decent amount of money, then there you go. You know, but we have this. So let's be thankful for this. Um, so yeah, Christian Cage beats Matt Hardy. I don't know if this is one and done, if this is going to keep going. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. Feels like it's done, but still felt important, you know. We get Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker cutting a promo, and then Nyla Rose cuts hers. So they're going to face off next week for the AEW Women's Championship. Good to see. Uh, and I covered this earlier. Mox accepts uh, Archer's challenge. They're going to have a death match next week. It's wild. Now, someone uh, I hadn't seen in a, quite a while, and I think it's the same guy. I'm not completely sure. If he like, changed his name a while back, I'm not sure. This is the same guy or not. Wheeler Yuta, and if it's the same one I'm thinking of, he used to be in MLW or possibly Evolve. I'm not quite sure. But I remember seeing a guy with the last name Yuta before, but I don't think he his first name was Wheeler. So could be the same guy, not positive. Uh, Wheeler Yoda, and he's also lately been, I believe, in either Ring of Honor and or New Japan Pro Wrestling. So this guy's making his rounds. And yeah, he's he's really something. He's had a couple quiet wins on like uh, Dark Elevation or AEW Dark. 
Bell's Boy says, yes, Wheeler Yuna was actually in both Evolve and MLW. So it is the same guy. Okay. Or it's a twin. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this guy really... This I, I really wish this one would have went longer. I would have loved to seen an extra at least five minutes out of this. This one was like four or five minutes long. Not long at all. But it was still a great homecoming, if you will. You know, in front of a live crowd for Sammy Guevara. Great to see. Wheeler Yuta. Great match between these two. High flying, you know. A lot of fun stuff. So so I don't know if Wheeler Yuta's just getting used here and there or if he's getting a contract i'm not sure i'm, I'm gonna have to follow this one and uh do a little research obviously we know we're we know what the <laughs> state of sammy guevara is he's uh he's he's becoming uh quickly becoming a fan favorite again i mean now that fans are back man they love them some Sammy Guevara. They really, and I do too. Yeah, I have to say, he is absolutely one of my favorites here. Um, which reminds me, I really need to get that action figure. Um, speaking of action figures, I was in Target. Was it yesterday? Yesterday or the day before? And I saw in past shopping trips, and it's like, Two minutes from my house, too, which is great. I saw they were carrying the AEW Championship. The one I have, it's a little buried. My apologies. Oh, no, it's that one right there. I was thinking, I've, I've got another one over here. The big gold belt. I'm going to put that up sometime. Um, they, were selling, they were selling this one. And I was like, well, that's weird. Why don't they have action figures out? Well, lo and behold, right next to the WWE figs, they have now a few spaces now. They were empty, unfortunately, but they have now spaces for AEW figures. So now in store, you've got Walmart and Target. And it also looks like GameStop, as far as stores, is going to be selling AEW figs. Coming out in a few months. So um, that's good to see. That's good to see. It looks like production is stepping up. You know, they're not as hard to find. You know, there's still obviously people out there trying to sell them for hundreds of dollars. But, you know, the more they make them, that's that number is going to come down because it's like, okay, it's not like they're not. It's not like one in a million when they were first trying to find them. It's not as hard anymore. So more places sell them. Um, they'll be able to keep that price down. Uh, what's next here? So yeah, Sammy Guevara beats Wheeler Yuta. Fun match. Wish it was a little a little longer, but that's okay. Still, a lot. it's like you know they pack like ten minutes into a five minute match. As far as action, <laughs> great homecoming for uh, Sammy Guevara. I believe next week's is somewhere in Texas too, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, if Sammy's out there, he should absolutely get uh, a very good response as well there too um the factory is 
having a uh, interview with uh, Tony Schiavone and they dump a drink on his head. So rude. So rude. Uh, Penelope Ford versus a returning Yuga Sakazaki. Man, my Japanese is getting really good. Just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> they say that she's five foot two and a hundred hundred nine pounds. So she she's uh you know she's pint sized, but man, she really brings it. She really does. She's so much fun, and she hasn't been there for sixteen months. My goodness, almost a year and a half. That's just wild. Um, so yeah, great to see Yuka Sakazaki back. Uh, th this was a th this was what was also uh, kind of a short match, but they obviously had to, uh, you know, save some room for the the main event. The the main event felt a little rushed, but it was still a lot of fun. So it felt like the second half of the show was a little a little rushed, a little rushed. Let me know what you think too. Um. But you, the joke I was thinking about Yuka Sakazaki earlier, I'm like, oh, she's 5'2", and she's uh, 100, 109 pounds, and, and she brings about an extra 100 pounds of charisma. You know, she, she's so much fun. She's just, uh, man, fine size, but she's just, uh, you know, she's she's eight feet tall of charisma, you know? Um. Good match, you know, and I've really become to appreciate Penelope Ford. I feel like she's uh, work, been working hard at becoming a better wrestler, and because uh, I haven't seen a lot of stuff of hers outside of AEW, and she only has so many matches. But uh, I mean, if she's if uh, Yuka Sakazaki is sticking around now, um, that's just another great addition to the women's uh roster and i uh, hopefully hopefully people will get off of this kick like because i still see it i still see it and it's so sad people still saying oh their women's division sucks blah 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 blah. no it doesn't suck anymore come up with a new one okay okay you trolls come up with a new one i mean do they do they feature 10 matches a week no but across several different shows, they do put several different women's matches out there. And they're decent matches, you know? You know, who they've got featured now, they got Chris Statlander back, Big Swall's back, Yuka Sakazaki's back, uh, Penelope Ford is great. They've been featuring Thunder Rosa a lot. Um. And she even has AEW merch now. So I, and she's been on NWA. So I'm not sure exactly, you know, what the contract situation is there. I'm not going to overthink it. I just appreciate it for what it is because I can watch them on both. It's, it's great. I like it. Not a bad thing, folks. Um. So yeah, the, the women's, I mean, yeah, the, the pandemic really, took the life out of that division, unfortunately. And uh, they had to rebuild it from scratch, you know, and they, I feel like they really did month by month, bit by bit. Uh, 
goofy cats. They really, they really uh, fought hard to get it back to what it was. So um, hopefully the naysayers will stop soon. But um, but yeah, this one was fun. A little quick, but it was fun. Yukazakazaki comes off with a win here. The magical girl splash. Apparently, I don't know how to spell splash because I wrote spash. So in my doctor scribble. Um, magical girl splash. Got it. Um, it reminds me of a better version. And now I'm not knocking her. Don't take it that way. Don't don't spin this. It looks like a better version of what Alexa Bliss does because she does the jump off the turnbuckle, spins around, splash, except Yuka Zakazaki jumps from the outside to the top rope and springboards off and spins around with a splash. That just like I haven't seen her in such a long time. I forgot what her you know moveset was like. But uh, this was amazing. This was so good. And so it's like she did it flawless. So I don't know how much she's been, you know, wrestling in Japan or wherever else during this time. But, man, that was so good. So good. So. Um, on to the main event here. The coffin match. Yeah, like I said, uh, it, it felt like some of this part, some of the stuff in the like second hour, second half of the show was a little rushed, but um, it, it still came off decent. A uh, lot of fun. This coffin match, you know, you got a dose of old school with uh, you know Darby Allen with the whole you know coffin drop coffin gimmick. Um, versus Ethan Page. Because, you know, it especially felt rushed because Ethan Page didn't even get an entrance. I felt kind of bad for him. Because I like, I mean, you know, it's supposed to you know, boo Ethan Page. I still like him because I love this feud. This is what, like I said, I, I've said this numerous times. This, I've been waiting for this for so long. And we got a coffin match out of it. I'm not complaining, folks. I'm not complaining. Uh, Darby Allen comes off with a win here. Lot to swallow here. Um, Scorpio Sky jumps out of the coffin and attacks um, Darby Allen off the bat. And he's got a rose. He's just like black, full of black roses, you know, inside the coffin. Scorpio Sky jumps out of the coffin with a black rose in his mouth. Hopefully he didn't hurt himself with the thorns. Uh <laughs> Maybe they were fake silk roses. I don't know. Um, then Sting came down to help even out the odds, and he beat the hell out of Scorpio Sky, which is pretty cool. So we got a it's Sting moment, and we weren't even expecting one. I heard he even showed up on uh, Dark Elevation or AEW Dark a night or two ago. Pretty wild. Poor Sting. No, I'm kidding. 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 Um, while all this is going on between Scorpio Sky and Sting, they quick cut to Ethan Page, and he's undoing turnbuckles. So right here, you know this is going to get ridiculous. So uh, 
he starts beating uh, Darby Allen with turnbuckle. Hits. Uh, he starts like you know he put the he put the hook and the necklace choking him. Broke his necklace. Darby Allen gets him back. Takes the turnbuckle hook. Actually fish hooks Ethan in his mouth. I was like, oh my god. Uh, you know, hoping that this wasn't going to end up like, uh, you know, what happened to Warhorse a few years ago. If you guys don't know what happened, it's brutal. I can't even, I'll probably get flagged for describing what happened. So I won't. Uh, just look it up for yourself. Just Google Warhorse injury and you'll, it'll make you smile. Oh, there we go. If you get that joke, they'll give you a cookie. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. Where are we here? Okay. Paige is undoing the turnbuckles. They're going back and forth with it. Paige does the ego's edge off the top turnbuckle to uh, Darby Allen on top of a set of steel steps in the middle of the ring. Love this. This was great. Uh, and he does that so well. Damn. I mean, the fact that it was like I guess handed down to him from the outsider himself, <laughs> Scott Hall, from what I've heard. Uh, looked, yeah, look, yeah, yes, Violet, yes, looked very painful, absolutely. Uh, but then going back and forth, back and forth, uh, Darby Allen finally gets Ethan Page in the coffin, shuts it, wins the match, but he's not done there. He's not done there. It's closed. He brings the coffin out further away from the ring, lines it up with how he's going to do a coffin drop, and he does a coffin drop off the top turnbuckle to the outside of the ring through the coffin onto Ethan Page. This kid's ridiculous. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, but that's the show. This, uh, like I said, for, I'll say it once, I'll say it a thousand. I'll probably say it for several weeks to come because it's not going to get old. It just feels so good to have a live audience, and it just does something. When you hear that, uh, it could be the most stupid thing happening in a ring, and it's still going to feel big, you know? It's just great to be in front of a sold-out crowd, even if it's not not sold out. Just just the live crowd just makes such a big difference. <laughs> Violet says that was unnecessary. Well, of course. <laughs> that is true, but it, it still looked awesome. <laughs> in my personal podcasting opinion there i got it in um so yeah that's it for the season three episode 28 episode of aew dynamite fighter fest night one damn that's a mouthful um ton of fun if you're watching this on the replay let me know what your favorite part of the show was uh did it feel big to you did it you know feel special because it has it's got that that crazy 
Texas audience there. Um, I, I'd love to know what the audience like number was tonight. I'm gonna have to see if I can look that up somewhere. I'm just curious because man, it, it felt like it felt like it probably was not. It felt like like twenty, thirty thousand. That's what it sounded like, you know, watching TV. But it was probably like five thousand or something like that. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> I worry about Darby too. I've been worrying about Darby since I became a fan of him when he was doing this to Ethan Page between four and five years ago. It's insane. There is a there is a a part that I remember from an Evolve show in one of those like little joints where they used to do those shows had a stage right behind the ring. And was it Ethan, either Ethan page or Ethan page hired Brian cage to rough him up. And I think it was either Brian cage or Ethan page. Oh, it rhymes. I forget, but they took Darby and threw him out of the ring onto the stage into like all the audience chairs. And then they threw him from the stage into this, like, like one of those like sturdy poles, not like the ring posts, but like, you know, that holds up the roof, you know? So it's like this big around one of those sturdy steel ones threw him into that. And he dropped like eight feet flat to the ground. I mean, that's the crazy shit they did back in Evolve. Now it's on a bigger stage. Imagine what, imagine how much more further they're going to go here on TNT. I can't wait. I'm here for it because I'm, I'm just a little bit sick, I guess. So <laughs> I hope nobody gets hurt in the long run, but damn, it's just, it's just wild. I love this feud. Probably one of my favorite uh, feuds going on right now. Between four to five years and no making it, we're getting it again. All right, I'll shut up. Um, but that's it for this one. Thanks so much for tuning in. <clears throat> See, my voice is telling me it's time to go because I'm starting to lose it. Um, all the socials are in the description. Make sure you go hit up the face botch, the Twitter box, and the Instaneck, and the Instaneck is always different because usually it's just me and a picture of a bunch of my cats. <laughs> it does. It's more, uh, more my cats and than than uh, wrestling lately. It's kind of weird, but I try to change it up. You know, you can't throw all the same shit on all the socials, right? Um, hit me up in the uh, the Discord. That link is in the description as as well. Uh, slowly growing, and I'm not in there as much as I should because <clears throat> I'm usually in the TNI one. It's many more people, but it's okay. It's still growing. It's still a good thing. Uh, <clears throat> the merch link is in the description too, buymeacoffee.com. All those links in the description below. Whatever you choose to do to help support the show, whether it's sub, tipping a podcast, sharing links, whatever it is, I am insanely grateful for your help in letting a little show like this keep on growing. Much love. means a lot. Um, that's it for this one. We'll see you tomorrow night over in that other little podcast called Total Nonstop Impact. Impact Talk for Impact fans. Um, 
that's starting to feel like an all-nighter, which it pretty much is. The three hours of BTI and Impact Wrestling and then the review following. <clears throat> it's a long, ridiculous night of Impact Talk. <clears throat> and a watch long. Um, jacked up jukebox for uh, the passing of Jeff Labar, guitarist of Cinderella. That's coming out soon, along with... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Damn. Um, catching up on all things AAW, AA Pro out of Chicago. Fallout from United We Stand. That's coming soon, too. So much love, everyone. Smash that sub button. Follow wherever. We're out of here. No voice left. Much love. Good night.